Hello, welcome to the High Hot Podcast with your host, Bradley Y. With me as always, what? Beer Guru, <sighs> Phoebe Ward. Yoho. How's it going? Yeah, good? all good. We're, we're still in isolation. Still in isolation and therefore... Drinking more, every day. <laughs> well, I was going to say interviews with people over the phone. Yeah. Today is another one of those. As we said last week, we were uh, we recently spoke with uh, John from Rome. Rome Brewing Co. here in Plymouth. So my name's John and I am the uh, brewer and one of the directors at Rome Brewing Company based in Plymouth. The co-directors are my wife, Vicky, and my parents, uh, Brian and Yolanda. We uh, wanted to catch up with John, um, once again, sort of to bring you more about uh, some breweries local to us, uh, but also give John a chance to chat about uh, the impact that obviously COVID-19's had on uh, his business. Uh, But mainly we've spoke about kind of the beginning of uh, his career into beer the tap room that opened last year and how that's how that was going for them mm-hmm. uh we also speak a lot about kind of uh, future beers um and also their collaboration with other half altogether yeah. which uh, actually should be coming out in the next uh mm-hmm. few weeks but that's a project that's uh worldwide so even mm-hmm. if rome isn't close to you there is definitely going to be uh, a brewery. Was it this 500 breweries? Oh, it's probably near a 600, 700 yeah, at breweries this point. that uh, will be taking part of that project. So definitely something to listen into and uh, find a brewery that's uh, local to you that's doing it. Mm. So I started off working in hospitality and I was up in Brighton at university and I ended up working, um, running a pub up there in probably about 2008, 2009. And at that that point, Brighton was um, sort of seeing the first influx of um, the craft beer kind of movement and people being more interested um, in what they were drinking. So uh, from that, the pub I was working at um, started taking a bit more of an interest in what we were putting on beers-wise. Me, myself and the the manager, Alex, um, were... We're kind of trying to push it forward a little bit. So from there, my interest in beer grew. Um, and then that sort of coupled with um, some home brewing sort of led to to where I am now. But it was, uh, it was kind of strange. We ended up living abroad for a few years, myself and my, my now wife, mm-hmm. Vicky. Um, we ended up back in Plymouth and sort of looking for something to do. And in 2015... Um, a brewery came up for sale, uh, which was then called Tavy Ales, which was based in Robra to the north of, of Plymouth. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad had just retired as an engineer. So we sort of, we kind of decided just to to go for it, really. So yeah. managed to acquire a business loan and, and sort of jumped in kind <laughs> of at the deep end, really. Yeah. Your, your home brewing, how, so how did you kind of start? How did that, how did that begin for you? So like, what was your first kind of equipment and did that kind of change over your homebrewing life or have you still kind of got the same kit now? Uh, no, so the, the, the kits um, evolved and um, to a certain extent, I'm still doing a bit of it, although really it's kind of a, a sort of pilot kit now. So mm. so now I've got a, um, a grain father with a SS Brewtech fermenter with the sort of heating and cooling system, just because that's quite an easy system to 
to get consistent results and then upscale to to a commercial level okay. whereas yeah. before it before it was sort of pots and pans and yeah. plastic <laughs> fermenters and the questionable results half the time so yeah so so yeah it's, it's, it's the kit certainly evolved and it's at a point now where I can brew something purely with the idea that I can tweak the recipe and then upscale so how did you how do you learn to get into it like how do you go from I like beer I want to make it the guy I worked with running the pub in Brighton Alex myself and him we we got interested in the beer and actually we were buying beer off some pretty small um produced producers in the um in the southeast so we, we used to go and do um brewery visits um helping out on brew days that sort of thing so from an interest in the product to then an interest in how it's made mm. um talking to people that were already in, involved in the in the industry and from there just building up the knowledge was the um the pub in brighton was it like um was it an old timey pub and then you kind of turned it like, you know, you got into the craft scene and it got all uh, modern or like, did it have a bit of a history to it? Um, so it was, it was part of the Hotel Devan chain, uh, the Malmaison hotel chain, but they wanted, I think it had been open a couple of years, but it was sort of struggling to, to make an identity for itself because Brighton's a, a lively town with oh, a lot yeah. of different um, <laughs> venues, you know, now more than ever. But it's, um, yeah, they, they basically gave myself and Alex free reign to, to sort of, you know, get, get the kind of beers in that we wanted to. Um, so, it, yeah, in a sense, it was traditional. Mm. And we did, we certainly put a sort of an emphasis on the quality of the produce and, and sort of a lot of local um, producers getting them involved getting them in to talk about the beer and just trying to trying to be a bit more thoughtful about the mm. the the things on offer cool so. that's awesome and yeah brighton is a very different place uh, to where <laughs> yeah. to where you are today so did you are you, are you from devon originally Yes, so my my wife is a is a proper Jana, and I <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Ivy Bridge, so we sort of we've sort of gone full circle, really. We mm. started in the southeast, and then we spent a few years living in uh, France, and Ooh. now we've we've ended up sort of back where we started, really. Cool. So did you you kept your interest in beer whilst you were over in France? It's a little bit yeah, it's so a bit tricky over there sometimes. I think um, it, it it can be. But, yeah. Um, we had um, where I one of the places I lived sort of just before we ended up moving back it was a, a mountain village called Morzine and in fact just before we left a guy one of the guys who used to work at uh, the Colonel Brewery in London he he moved out there and set up a, a brew pub which was also Ooh. one of the the sort of inspirations to get into into producing beer as well because so, so he was making some incredible beer wow in, an, in a nice setting so it was um yeah Cool. That is awesome. That's so that, that kind of beginning of Rome then. So you mentioned about sort of buying up the your, your first uh, location. Did you have to do much setup for it or was it kind of because you was, bought a brewery, um, a lot of the kit was there ready for you to use? It was fully trading when mm -hmm. we took it over as a traditional cask um, brewery, mm -hmm. um, which was still which still makes up a, a fairly significant proportion of, of what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so the kit is fairly basic compared to some of the kit you'd see these days. Mm. Um, we're still using some kit. We're sort of, I've kind of adapted quite a lot, quite a lot of the kit we've, we've, we're using to, to do the things I want to do with it, but mm. it's, it's good kit. It's well-made. It's just, um, 
it, you know it, it really gives us the the ability to make any style of beer we'd like really so it's yeah it was it was a fully it was a fully turnkey system we took on and right, it sort okay. of evolved as we've as we've gone along with it you're yeah. seeing a lot of breweries now be so high tech you guys are more sort of more low tech but it gives you get the flexibility to do the kind of beers any, any kind of beers you're saying then yeah so it, it, it's certainly on on the lower tech side of the spectrum but it, yeah. it gives us the opportunity to to step in at any part of the process and 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 tweak or mm. um change how the the system works so it, it, it's quite a versatile uh setup we've got which which is good what's your capacity there um it's a six barrel plant so we're we're making uh we're doing around well we were doing around, <laughs> yeah. around two to three brews a week right so okay we're sort of just about two and a half to three thousand liters a week depending mm. um what we're making and and what sort of because we, we got the ability to do two-thirds um brew sizes as well for some of the uh the more interesting beers so. right i see okay yeah. that's cool and well, then um so then upon starting uh rome how did you start marketing? How did you start getting the beer out there and, and letting people know that you exist? Did that, you know, I'm assuming that started with friends, but how did you grow it to uh, to where it currently is? It's kind of crazy because you've got, you've, you opened, was it literally last year that you opened, August last year? Um, so basically we, we continue to run um, Tavy Ales. We changed oh, the yeah, name yeah. In, mm. in 2015 to Tavy Brewing Company, but in mm. The beginning of 2018 we decided to change the name to Rome and sort of move into um, a branding that would allow us to make the types of beer we wanted to make alongside of the types of beer we we're already making so it was a, a sort of decision to to have a sort of one size fits all kind of um, name and an image. Where did, so, where did the name Rome come from? Um, I guess it's sort of twofold we we've roamed around a lot myself and my wife so mm. we we do find it difficult to stay in one place i think i think we've moved house maybe 10 times in the last 10 years we're yeah. not very good at staying still <laughs> um but also it, it sort of t ties in with the history of plymouth the sort of the seafaring um exploration yeah history that the city's got so it's sort of it works on on a couple of levels i guess it's um it was just the, the the branding and the name of what we had before was was, was very traditional and mm. um i wanted to make um hazy pails uh, alongside other styles of beer that that really need a bit of a sort of a fresher yeah um, image so, so it's yeah. almost like you're roaming through the different styles as well and different kind of hops from all over the place as well <laughs> does that kind of yeah. work as well i think so yeah i guess yeah. We're, we're we're not really we're not really tied down to one particular style mm. and and certainly as a, a brewer i yeah. i like that it's nice to um not make the same four beers on repeat because mm. i think that would get quite dull <laughs> quite quickly <laughs> and uh, just talking about so then going back into kind of marketing yourself how did you then uh how did you how did you start kind of so you already i guess because you'd already been trading under the other name there wasn't like you're a new brewery you've got to start make marketing from scratch like a few of the other we've we've been speaking to um bulletproof and um anchor house and obviously they are very new in terms of from scratch having to grow their their audience and, and customer base so you had that previous customer base that you're able to then move over to to rome hopefully yeah sure so we 
we have a, a pretty good um, account accounts book within Plymouth with the traditional publicans. Mm. Um, there's some, there's some great cask pubs in Plymouth, you know, Fortescue, Dolphin, mm. yeah, uh, to name just a few. But so we basically the way we split it is that um, my dad works with the traditional um, pubs to sell cask beer, and I took on sort of um, keg and, and the sort of more modern styles of beer yeah. to sell to, to those sort of venues as well. So between the two of us, we we kind of cover um, most of the venues we can. We, we still probably sell um, maybe 90% of our beer within Plymouth itself. So okay. go, going up the line, we'd, because, because we make cask and keg, we don't have to look for those um untied keg taps which mm. are fairly few and far between mm-hmm. so we are able to to keep our our customer base still mostly local and, and we're only selling direct at the moment so we get to deal with all of our customers face to face which is it is a nice way of doing things if people are outside of Plymouth whereabouts can they find you is it still quite local to to the area or is it slightly further afield yeah so we're going up as far as um Exeter Okay. Um, and sort of out towards Tavistock area, sort mm-hmm. of um, Leaping Salmon and and Melinda at Tapped In, and uh, although unfortunately she has shut up shop. Yeah. Um, but we are, yeah, that really weird. That's where we are at the moment. We mm-hmm. have aims to be on um, Ebria and pushing our stuff further afield. Bristol, obviously, London would be nice, but because of the size of um, brewery and the size of our our production. Yeah. Um, there isn't actually a huge amount of stock left by the time you start thinking of getting it further afield. Mm. I mean, especially with the, with the tap room that we opened um, in August last year, since then we've actually almost been struggling to keep up with it as it is. So <laughs> that's not a too bad a place to be, I guess. Yeah. In that case. <laughs> I think I'm going to crack this bottle. Yes. Uh, so we've chosen uh, your sound bitter because I okay. don't think we've really done bitter on our podcast properly okay so yeah. uh we'll get the sounds in as we do don't go everywhere lovely so that one will be that one is um bottle condition so yeah. you will get some uh, trub at the bottom if you if yeah you pull <laughs> uh, we have covered uh, bottled conditions before on the podcast do you want to just do <laughs> okay. a, a brief kind of description of what bottle condition is for anyone who maybe doesn't know what that that means so in 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 the very basic terms you're using the residual yeast that's still in in suspension within the beer to create natural carbonation so rather than forcing co2 into the beer yeah you're bottling the beer with some additional sugar mm-hmm. and that ye- that yeast essentially turns the the sugar into um co2 which one scrubs the uh the oxygen out of the beer but two gives you the carbonation naturally okay. which is, is it, which is essentially what um, camera certainly would deem as then real ale. I have a quote uh, from them. A natural product brewed using traditional ingredients and left to mature in the cask from which it is served in in the pub through secondary fermentation. There you go. Very nice. I was ready for that. <laughs> Good <laughs> segue you, there. Would you like to talk about the process? So how did you kind of come about this this beer, I guess? So what hops are you using? What Did it go through many changes when you were creating it? Yeah, so um, we, we had another traditional bitter that we um that we were making a, a best bitter but it was it was a pretty um I, I i wanted to i wanted to do something a little bit more interesting so we we basically took a different 
approach with this beer. So it does have um, English and American hops mm. in it because mm. um, the, part of the reason for calling it Sound, obviously Plymouth Sound, and then we wanted to kind of tie in uh, America with um, Plymouth because of obviously the Mayflower. So yeah, um, we've we've got some Pilgrim hops in there for the bittering edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we've got some American hops for the sort of for the flavour. Um, yeah, so it's it, it's it's got a bit of um, chocolate malt to give it a bit of a mm. darker darker uh, colour as well. So mm. you know, it's um, it's still certainly on the on the traditional yeah. side of the spectrum, but it's um, you know something that I'm I'm happy to be producing and putting out there in cask and absolutely now really want some cheese whilst drinking this (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say so um you mentioned pilgrim hops i like as far as i'm aware i don't think i've had pilgrim hops as far as i'm aware they might some cans and bottles don't always they don't always tell you what's in it um you've got cascade and uh willamette which again i don't think i'm aware that yeah so Hmm. yeah so cascade and willamette are both american um willamette is it's fairly well used within sort of um, tri- well modern beer as well as maybe the more traditional stuff. It's um, it pairs nicely with with Cascade, although obviously this this sort of beer, it's you're not talking um, twenty grams a liter or anything like that dry hopping. So it's it's uh, it's a little bit more restrained. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, for listeners, it is. It's a it's like a a dark brownie kind of amber as well actually yeah. it's got that nice little shine when you get the light through it um and it's yeah so it's a it's a nice uh, clear one and you can see the little carbonation going on as well no it is it's lovely um so yeah we've mentioned the word traditional a lot mm. um and yeah i guess that's what how like a word i'd probably um used to describe rome is you're kind of going with the tradition as well as you know picking up on um like you know the, the new hops and things like that and the new styles you, mm-hmm. you don't go completely mad like you're not um yeah you don't jump on uh the hypes and things like that and i think that's uh really great because you've got there's still some people especially in in plymouth who are very very uh traditional and they like their traditional brews they certainly enjoy this um and then you've got we've got people in vessel they're just like we want to try everything that's new all like hop forward we want all the hoppy stuff so i think you've got that really good balance um and you always have uh, the two ales on tap is that that's something that you keep doing is that right uh well at the tap room itself yeah yeah so we 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 do certainly try and have at least one cask on we you know the, the tap room we want to represent um the styles of beer that we're producing and, and selling out the out the back door as well. So we'll mm. we'll have cask. We tend to try and have something dark on our, our porters, mm. um, mm. pretty po- popular. Um, and then yeah, we you know we've got um, we try to always have a neeper on as well. It's mm-hmm. a style of beer I, I like making. Yeah. Um, and then we were doing ambers for a while, and I was making them stronger and stronger. And in the end, we've we've ended up with this beer which we've called double take which is mm. 7.2 percent um sort of american brown ale sort of kind of amber that got out of control a little bit so it's, uh, try, I don't know, that sounds, a, a sounds pretty things. tempting if you ask me yeah right <laughs> <laughs> just like, hmm, it's, it's quite dangerous no i was i remember going into uh when you opened last august i remember going in to visit and i was really like i'm not surprised in a bad way but it was really it was great to see such a variety of different beers that you yeah. guys were doing well we'd been in vessel for so long mm. um so we were just like oh it's a new place it's a new place yeah. <laughs> so no it's cool and it's um 
how like how can we describe it's very open and um quite airy in there you've got like mm. so much seating like, i think <laughs> going from vessel we're just like there's so much seating it's <laughs> it's so big and open um am i right in saying bef- behind the bar you've got your two barrels or two am i thinking correctly yeah, so actually, the, yeah go on the the two tanks behind the bar mm. are, are um water tanks so ah. you've got the hot liquor tank on the left mm-hmm. and the cold liquor tank on the right if you're looking at the bar so the rest of our brewing tanks are all downstairs but actually it's, it's quite a low ceiling so those two tanks are there because they they wouldn't fit downstairs so mm. yeah so the, the hot liquor tank we'd fill up the day before brew day and then um heat it up overnight ready for the brewing the next day Cool. It looks it looks pretty cool. It's, it's cool a, having yeah. that element behind the bar. So in terms of the tap room, so why did you guys uh, decide to 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 open that last year? And how's uh, up until uh, coronavirus this year? How was that going for you? Mm. Um, so we've been we've been looking to move out of Robra for about three years, but um, premises that are suitable for brewing and would work as a tap room are very few and far between in Plymouth so it, it took a very long time and a couple of other sort of um, failed attempts to acquire a space along the way before mm. we, we landed on this place which we were very lucky to to find at all um, and the landlord's a, a nice guy and has been really supportive as well so um, yeah we first we, we wanted that sort of that public facing um, mm-hmm. ability yeah um, and to you know, since we have moved, it's it's really done wonders for the fact that people even know we exist, which is nice. Um, I loved how busy it was when I went to go yeah. and visit the first time, like, and just the range of different people. It wasn't, it didn't feel like just an, any old pub. Like, it was great to see families and people having a great mm-hmm. time in there, and it had a real sense of atmosphere. Did that meet your intention when you opened that place? Yeah. So you, you sort of, if you look at the kind of the American brew pub tap room model, it's very much. Uh, a community space, uh, mm-hmm. an all welcome kind of uh, space. And that's certainly what we wanted to create. We're in, uh, you know, a, a high, highly um, residential part of mm. Plymouth. And we wanted to create a space that was, that was welcoming to, to everybody. So, um, mm. so yeah, that was definitely part of what we wanted to, to do for the, you know, we've, my, my wife and I've got a two and a half year old uh, daughter. So we, we, <laughs> We also needed a place where she could come and uh, yeah, exactly, yeah, and and hang out. So it's yeah, it's worked and it's worked really nicely. People are um, really engaging with it, and they they seem really um, pleased that we're there. And mm. you know, we're we're being really well supported even even through this um, the lockdown. It's um, people yeah. Are, yeah, really supportive, which is nice. Yeah, you kind of, well, when you get your, your locals and suddenly your place is shut down, it's like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> so they're just like, oh, anything that we can do. That's what we found with Vessel anyway. People are like, you know, we'd be spending money there anyway. So we'll, <laughs> yeah. keep we'll do what we can. Um, so there was, uh, I think I read somewhere that there was hopes that you would eventually start doing brewery tours. Is that still something that you're hoping to do? Yeah, so I mean, basically, we we, we opened in August, Ooh. and it's been pretty mad ever since. Um, so we had to kind of, we've got quite a lot of um, different ideas and plans for the space. And the one thing from this lockdown is it's actually given us a bit of time to take a breath and um, kind of work out what the next phase is for us. So we want to sort of. Um, elevate it slightly you know sort of 
do it up a little bit without losing the the atmosphere of the place you want to put a bit more into um making it more comfortable yeah. um and we want to yeah we want to start doing tours um my wife runs a, a bakery on site as well and we're sort of we're working out different ways of um tying the brewing and the baking together sort of food pairings and okay. we're already using um spent grain and milling that into flour for some of the breads and things like that so it's it's really about taking the, the bare bones of what we've got now and developing it um sort of naturally into into where we 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 want to take it really yeah now I read about you using uh the spent grain for your bread and your kind of the the bakery bit and I was like I haven't heard of you You hear about um, the rural places they send it over to like farms and it becomes food for the cattle and things like that um but I hadn't heard that you could actually use it in baking so who actually bakes for you guys um is it like still your family that bake in-house it's my wife so she my wife runs the the bakery she was just doing um a saturday but we're we're looking to increase that once we reopen so um yeah she's a she's the professional baker i i'm the assistant (laughs) (laughs) assistant baker yeah no that's that's so cool yeah no i didn't know that so that was really that was really interesting and you do um pizzas as well um we were doing pizzas initially and then we had the guys um at need pizza doing the pizzas for us right that, that worked really really well those those guys um really do make some amazing pizzas (laughs) they really do Uh, yeah we've had some of theirs yeah so that's that's where we were when we we left off so um we've got plans to to do other things in the future but but that relationship worked well you know Ali Mm. and the gang yeah need are um yeah they're good good guys so yeah Yeah. that's awesome they've hit a nice little market with uh tap rooms and they do yeah (laughs) making their way around the tap room Yeah. I, w- I wanted to ask actually so your your logo who who worked on that for you was that something you a uh, member of your family did did you contract that out what was your sort of intention behind that uh no it was a it was a girl who uh graduated from um it was either art college or plymouth uni i can't remember which now it's my my wife um knew her but right. yeah she's she's now a um freelance graphic designer based in bristol but she did our entire rebrand um towards the end of 2017 so okay cool. it was i believe it was one of her first projects after graduating so oh, it was, nice. yeah it's nice to get someone local and someone you know um you know i think she enjoyed the project because she had a fairly broad range of things to kind of freshen up so yeah mm. happy with how it's turned out yeah yeah nice. we had to kind of we were trying to keep us a, a little element of um the previous branding mm. so i think we're probably ready now for another refresh okay the things we're thinking about yeah it's, it's trying to it's trying to refresh things without alienating the people that you've already sort of brought on board so it's it's a it's kind of a, a fine line to to tread really yeah yeah people can get very attached and very <laughs> <laughs> into a logo that's it um you've also got this um the memberships yeah yeah um i've had uh, quite a few people i've i've heard people talking about it. i was trying to find stuff online but i don't know whether it's i don't know much about it so could you uh could you tell us about uh your Rome membership yeah so we have a membership for the brewery we, we we're not um selling them anymore we capped it at 80 for the first year and we i think we sold them all before christmas um but the idea was that each member would get a quarterly release of a, of a beer um, we would hold two members nights uh, a year as well although the first one was supposed to be on the ninth of this month so obviously that didn't happen <laughs> um, 
and then I think everybody got a, a sort of limited release bottle and a, and a branded glass as well. So we're just trying to, um, mm. and I think uh, maybe a discount card as well. So it's just trying Ooh. to trying to create a little community of, of people that are sort of interested and invested in what we're doing and, and yeah. you know, trying to yeah. trying to give something back as well. So it's, um, yeah. No, I think it's, that's a great t- idea. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Beer-wise, is there anything you guys haven't done so far that you really would be interested in doing in the future any sort of styles or something specific you've seen that you think actually would be quite uh interesting for you to tackle yeah so i mean i've i've not released it yet but i've got our first lager sitting in the cold room at the moment um, okay. a heli style lager which is going quite nicely it's been uh, lagering for about four or five weeks now so it probably needs maybe another three three weeks something like that mm. um i've also got a imperial stout just a small small test kit version of that sitting in the cold room um cool which has come come out nicely but i want to i'm gonna i'm trying to be patient with that one um, <laughs> so just, we're, we're both imperial stout fans so that's yeah. uh, that's great news for uh for our ears <laughs> yeah. well I, I had one it was one of the um the patrons projects i think it was astro black a couple oh, of months yeah. ago cool it just it was just absolutely fantastic so mm. and no adjuncts either so i thought it was uh, really cool that they just let the the malt bill do the do the heavy lifting with that beer so i thought yeah. I, I just kind of wanted to have a crack at it myself so <laughs> um so we've got those two sort of waiting um mm. although i'll probably end up drinking most of the test kit um <laughs> imperial stout myself yeah um, you've got to, you to treat I, yourself <laughs> that's right i mean there's only about 16 liters of it so i'll pass pass it out to a few friends and family see what they think um but i think as far as um styles that i've not tried yet i i i like sours um mm-hmm. I, w- I would like to try and do some sour stuff and probably some barrel age stuff as well mm. it's just um yeah gotta gotta put some time into into the research yeah and do it do it properly um because yeah. there's, there's obviously different options as kettle sours there's um then you're sort of there's a risk of cross-contamination and all sorts yeah. of things you've got, you've got to be pretty clued up with what you're doing before you make a really big mistake yeah i think <laughs> I mean, if you're not used to wild fermentation it's a it's a pretty scary thing to like start doing i, it, I don't know yeah i think uh, some people are just like embrace it and they go a bit nuts but otherwise i'm mm. like bacteria i mean i've never <laughs> brewed before but yeah sours always seem something that seems so different to to all the other ones yeah and i think i think certain breweries have got the luxury of having at the very least dedicated fermenters but also i think a a couple of people have got dedicated sort of um brew brew kits where Mm. they can do you know just sour beer with those kits and then you can keep the whole thing separated which is a good idea if you can do it for sure yeah that's it it's just a whole whole other kit that you need isn't it (laughs) the other the other question i had as well is there any breweries that you you personally are a fan uh fans of like is it sort of in help inspire your beers or uh sort of from the uk or uh, outside in the rest of the world what was sort of your inspiration or keeps being your inspiration now i like to keep an eye on on what's going on in the beer world as as everybody else does and and you know i think things like instagram are a, a great tool for that kind of thing yeah um mm. i think you, you've got the sort of the national uk breweries some some amazing breweries sort of standout ones for me are uh Dea. Mm-hmm. um i think if if and when i'm making a sort of hazy pale that's the kind of style i'm going for the sort of soft pillowy mm. um easy drinking kind of beer yeah. i think 
I think more beer in Bristol are, are really good because they're sort of treading that line between um, modern and and traditional as well. You know, they're, the kegs those guys are putting are out are actually um, technically real ale because they're naturally carbonating mm-hmm. the beer. Yeah. Um, and then sort of from further afield, um, I'm, I really like the the guys in Denmark, uh, Ale Farm. I think they're. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the um, the branding mm-hmm. on, on those cans. I think is is quite standout for me. Yeah. Um, and although I've not tried the beer, I, I'm already a, a a fan, which I, I guess is the whole point <laughs> in social media, isn't it? So, oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you build it up. So. That's it. Something's and got then, to look pretty for Instagram. And sorry, yeah, what were you going to say? <laughs> And, and then obviously you got your your huge um, swathe of American breweries from your Trilliums and Treehouse and Hill Farmstead down to to the smaller ones. But yeah, there's there's a huge amount of inspiration out there, and it's quite an inclusive industry to be in as well. I mean, mm. certainly even even locally, we we kind of bounce off each other. The uh, guys, um, Chris and Gary at Stannery and Jack at New Lion, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and the bulletproof guys you know we're all we're all good friends so it's it it's nice to to talk shop and and get different ideas from different people so it's it's um yeah inspiration can come from anywhere really and mm-hmm. it's it's a nice industry to be a, a part of how really, are you that. how are you working with uh breweries in the areas like uh and, and and bars and things like sort of what is your relationship so you obviously say you guys are friends and bounce ideas off each other but sort of how how has it been? How is it kind of progressing? And where do you guys want that relationship to go to in the future? Um, I think we, we've we sort of, the, we kind of started to talk about a, um, what do we call it? The, the DCBC, the Devon Craft Beer Collective. Um, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so we, we, did a, um, we did a collab beer before Christmas sometime, which we brewed up at, stannery yeah. and that was that was us uh new lion stannery um topsham white bar white bear okay um and i think i can't remember if anyone else was there if they were apologies um <laughs> oh bulletproof bulletproof were there yeah because yeah, i think i saw the photo there's like a picture of everyone and then uh, i think connor the all photoshopped yeah he yeah. Photoshopped oh, himself yeah. In. <laughs> yeah he's like yeah i'm in so yeah and, and i think that's there's definitely oh sam at vessel um from vessel was there as well so yeah. there's yeah. i think there's definitely whilst it's still in its infancy and ho- hopefully once everyone survives the current situation i think there's definitely scope to build upon that um and as far as the working with the other breweries goes it, it doesn't feel like a competitive market to the point where we're mm. trying to steal taps of each other i yeah. think the ones that have got tap rooms themselves so stannery and new lion mm-hmm. and topsham will do um we can do a beer swap with them we'll swap mm. kegs yeah. so it's you know it's it's always nice to have something different on at the tap it helps create interest and it's also nice to support what other people are doing you know they're they're all making really good beer and Mm -hmm. you know just because of of where we are and the size that we are doesn't mean that our the the beer that's being produced is any of any lesser a quality than than anybody else's so it's Mm. it's you know it's nice to to fly the flag um for the for the local guys really and if there's anything else we've mentioned it a few times on the podcast before but where you guys are situated is either the start or end of basically the Plymouth beer mile. <laughs> Cause if there's all those tap rooms opening up on Mutley, you guys are in a pretty yeah. good position for that. Yep. <laughs> well, and, and, and it's good for us because um, we don't plan on 
staying open any later than nine mm. yeah. because of where we are we don't we don't want to create a nuisance no. to the local residents so mm. and it suits us because we can close up and essentially wander on down to the guys at bulletproof yeah. and go and have a, <laughs> go and have a yeah. couple of beers yeah so nice. yeah it's yeah, um and it, it's good i think every every addition to plymouth helps um strengthen the the, the local industry as a whole you know you've got the the steel brew coke guys down at the royal yeah. william yard yeah. um looking forward to seeing um those guys up and running so same yeah, here it's, we're, it's, we're hoping to have them on at some point yeah yeah gonna... yeah they're nice lads so yeah. um it's, and then they've got an amazing space down there they should do very well once oh, it's um yeah. once it's all up and running yeah yeah it's um, fantastic location for it yeah absolutely yeah the, the building's incredible so and the, the kit's nice and shiny too which yeah <laughs> <laughs> and my i think my last question which will probably lead quite i guess sort of into covid19 of a situation which is uh you guys are about to do uh, I, I guess a collab with other half do you want to talk a bit about what what that yeah. is and what you guys are hoping to achieve with that with that project the initiative was set up by other half in america mm. um and the idea was that they have put out a recipe along with the can label and any promotional material for this beer called all together mm-hmm. and the idea is that you take the recipe on you make it to your own style of you know your brew house and how you like to to, to um produce these styles of beer and then you you put it out there as as the all together beer you but the the idea is that you make um at least a, a proportion of the the income yeah available to people that have lost their their income through um it, within hospitality through the, the COVID-19 situation so mm-hmm. um I think they give you the option of either doing it in a west coast style or an east coast style okay um but but it's uh the, the recipe is good we've got we've got all of the ingredients in-house now so I'm hoping to make that within the next couple of days and release it in three or four weeks time so Cool. Yeah, we're we're talking to uh, Luke Pollard to see how we can get the the revenue we can raise from the sale of this beer to to people that need it within within Plymouth. So cool. And um, awesome. and how do you guys want to make that your own your own style? Is there any what what sort of spin, or do you not want to give that away at the moment, or what 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 to you is going to set it and make make it your own? Um, well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do an East Coast style because I, mm-hmm. I like making East East Coast hazy um, mm. pails. Mm. Um, there are a few, there are a few different, um, techniques I've, I've sort of, um, developed over the last six months or so that, that will make us potentially stand out from any others or certainly make it, make it a little bit different or put our own spin on it. So, um, it's a style of beer I, I really enjoy making. It's, um, it's quite technical and you can kind of throw the, how to make beer book out the window and (laughs) gives you the opportunity to really um tweak the process which you know is it's really interesting as a brewer too um and and it's a style of beer that you really have to you have to understand every aspect of of the process right from the start to the finish to to end up with what you want there there are a lot of variables it's it's an interesting style it's it's not a particularly forgiving style uh, which is which is nice it's it's challenging so we'll certainly go down the east coast route and um yeah i'm looking forward to to seeing it on the other side should be good i think it'd be awesome to do like a comparison between different breweries and see how different breweries see how many we can get our hands on because there's like over 500 breweries involved at the moment i think 
Um, yeah, it was um, five five nine the yeah. last time I checked that, but that was a few days ago, so I expect it's probably more than that now. Probably. But yeah. um, I think Track are doing it. I think mm. Daya are doing it. Yeah. Um, Pipeline down in Cornwall. I think his yeah. is nearly ready. Um, yeah, it'd be really interesting, and it's it's I think it's a great initiative that they've set up, and um, our the the labels have gone to our printer, so we're you know we'll have it should be yeah. In a few weeks' time, it should look good. Brilliant. It should oh, be nice. We look forward to, to yeah, trying that. Try and get hands on <laughs> yeah. it before yeah. it flies out. Um, and then <laughs> moving on into the the situation. So for you guys, how's it how's it affected you, and how are you um, how are you how have you how have you had to change to to stay uh, to stay operational and to to keep bringing people uh, beer in this situation? Um, so we obviously the tap room is shut. Mm. Um, we initially took a few weeks. Um, we, we sort of closed entirely for a few weeks just to sort of see how the the situation played out, but also to work out kind of how we would move forward sort of in this weird indefinite limbo everybody's in. Mm. Yeah. Um, so at the, we, we did our first round of deliveries yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so we up until it was fully locked down, we were, we were doing sort of collection and, and a few deliveries of both bread and and beer mm-hmm. um we've since found it even as a commercial producer practically impossible to get any bread flour so we've knocked the bakery on the head for the time being yeah um but we've got a lot of beer in in serving tanks downstairs so we are now packaging that beer and and delivering locally so we that that's basically how we're keeping the wheels on the business for the time being yeah. um, and the aim is to keep doing that for as long as possible so going to brew two new beers this week and continue to package what we've got and, and get it out to the the people that want it so that's, that's great how far out uh how how far is local if you're in the sort of the plymouth area and, and slightly beyond uh, at the moment we're doing um because it's, it's myself that's delivering all the beer so yeah we're doing pl1 to pl9 postcodes but okay. we're gonna we're gonna look to see how that progresses and and you know if if we end up using couriers that sort of things mm. and then obviously the net would be cast wider but at the moment um at the moment yeah pl1 to pl9 and we'll just we'll keep keep seeing how that evolves and you know we're sort of encouraging anyone outside the area to to get in contact with us if they if they do want to help support us so okay no that's good to know and then um and hopefully if you know in three or six weeks or whenever this lockdown sort of eases up a little bit how are you guys going to look to to and obviously you know what what will you guys open up will you stay like this for the for the time being until it becomes safe to sort of resume to normal have you guys got an idea of what what will happen on when when lockdown eases up what you guys will be looking to do i think from our point of view we're not going to be in any rush to open up the doors prematurely i yeah. think it's a situation that needs to be taken um seriously yes. i also think it's going to take a while for people to readjust from mm. you know it's, it's so weird walking up to the shops and people are literally walking in the road trying to stay away from you, you know? yeah. it's, it's, it's going to take a long time before you you're going to get eight ten people sat on a trestle table all together yeah. yeah um drinking beer so it's we're not in a rush to do that um i also think that when the lockdown is lifted um pubs bars venues like ours will be last on the list of things to be opened up so yeah we, we could be we could be shut for i don't know three four five six months nobody really knows so yeah. when we do reopen um i guess we're just gonna have to see how it goes mm. um yeah so we're, we're not in a rush but we're obviously keen to return to 
some form of normality, really. Thank you very much for uh, John once again for coming on and chatting with us. We asked uh, John uh, if people want to support him and Rome, what can they do? And he um, had this to say. If you'd like to buy our beer, you can do it directly from our website. We're delivering in the area that we said every Friday. Um, if not from us, then please support um, the other guys that are trying to do the same thing. You know, Bulletproof is selling their beer. Stannery is selling their beer. Sam's selling beer. There's, there is no shortage of good beer in the city so don't go and buy the cheap stuff buy good stuff from good good people who are trying to keep their businesses afloat um and actually i think that's quite an interesting point here to say about uh the best thing to do is uh to support the independence at the moment and i don't think that doesn't just reflect on breweries that's almost everything at the moment supermarkets are definitely gonna uh, be doing fine uh, at the moment and the best thing to do is to support independence uh, when and if you can obviously most importantly so I think that's always a, uh, an important kind of thing to take away from mm. this is even though this is a brewery local to Phoebe and I um, there are many breweries and many independent mm. businesses at the moment that are have been affected um, and really need your support no matter where in the country in the world you are yeah we want to talk to them as well so um if you think there's like i said last time if there's someone that you think mm. might want to reach out and have a chat um yeah, yeah. we we're totally down to talking we'd to like them. yeah we'd like to talk to many businesses uh breweries uh, as we can uh be a podcast so i guess that limits us on how many businesses it can be well yes um thank you very much for listening uh if you want to if you have any recommendations for us let us know on instagram or you can email us at hello hi hops at gmail.com you can follow phoebe on untapped to see what beer she is drinking a lot the comfort the of her own home <laughs> yep surprisingly a lot uh <laughs> and uh yes yeah, so we'll be back again next week with what are we, what are we gonna be doing next week we're we doing a house uh, party yeah i think we're gonna do northern monks house house party crawl yeah so we'll be bringing that live from our bedroom shower room kitchen front room yep Hallway? Is that one? No, there isn't a hallway. One. No hallway. But we don't really have a hallway. We, so we don't. Right. No, it's, that works well, quite well. Okay, well, <laughs> thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh,